I'm David Risley from Blog Marketing Academy, and I'm listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, uh, my name is Paul Kemp, and we have had a long history of interviewing lots of different people from different generations, and I'm very fortunate enough today to interview someone who unusually, I think maybe a little bit older than me, which is uh, actually unusual because I I confess I'm 44. Uh, This uh, experienced uh, co-founder is is actually the co-founder of VisiApps. That's VisiApps.com, and his name is George Adams. So I recommend you go right now to VisiApps.com, pause the podcast, have a look at it. It's uh, all about mobile, and we're going to learn a ton from George. So George, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hello, Paul. How are you today? Yeah, very good, very good. So, you know, you have a wealth of experience in uh, mobile. You've seen it all. Perhaps you could just give us in a few minutes your background uh, and you know what it is you've been doing over these years. Very good, Paul. I will I will confirm that yes, I I am a little bit older than you, um, and uh, have some gray hairs to show it. But I've been in the um, computing industry for a good thirty years. I've uh, spent a good part of my time in the last twenty years, twenty plus years, in mobile. Uh, back in the ni- throughout the nineties, I was VP of PC products and uh, marketing for Phoenix Technologies. You may know Phoenix as the company that uh, we enabled the various PC compatibles throughout the industry. And back in 92, we were actually working with Go Corporation and Microsoft on some of the first tablets, you know, in order to, uh, these were pen computing tablets at the time. And as we learned, well ahead of um, what was practical and realistic from a a technology standpoint. But um, you may recall those computers back in that time. We also then worked with virtually all the uh, world's PC manufacturers to enable notebook computers and sub-notebooks providing power management, PCMCIA or PC card software, USB, you name it, and uh, pr- bringing those uh, various uh, systems to market with our customers. Back in 99, I left Phoenix and uh, started a new company in the internet security space, the SSH Communication Security. And uh, we were providing encryption software for networks, and uh, we uh, licensed that with people like Nokia, uh, Cisco, AT&T, Walmart, all the major banks, using that to encrypt their various traffic for their uh, both landline, uh, hardline, and wireless networks. And um, we we took that public back uh, at the end of 2000. But in 2009, I was itching uh, to see what could be done in the whole mobile space and uh, and a much broader scale because there's so many things happening. And uh, in looking for ways to solve this major problem that I could see of enterprises dealing with the whole range of users beating on them on the IT groups to get all the apps they've done over the last 10, 15 years as web apps for laptops and desktops, get those into a mobile form with a true mobile user experience so that they could take advantage of the device features, instant access to uh, back-end data, and be able to uh, have 
business processes and apps that would work in the context of what they were doing, where they were, uh, not for better or worse, any time of day, 24-7, uh, so that they could then really take advantage of this. I met uh, a gentleman named Michael Cooperstein, my, uh, who became a, a co-founder and CTO. He had invented technology for generating code based on flowcharts and diagrams um, you know, that he was applying as uh, interactive voice response call center type um, uh, solutions at the time. We, he had al already done several apps for iPhone. And so we said, hey, how about if we use that to generate code you know, in a graphic visual way you know, for users, and that uh, became what we launched as VisiApps back at the end of 2010. And what, with VisiApps, what you can do is then provide a full visual WYSIWYG type uh, graphic uh, editing capability, but more importantly uh, is the ability to talk to back-end data in SQL databases, in Google Drive, in uh, Intuit, QuickBase, Salesforce.com, and others that are emerging later this year with no coding, so that you simply um, drag and drop the data where it's going to apply in your app. And this really um, allows you to build apps very quickly. George, that is fantastic. What a, I just want to say congratulations on having such a, a, you know, an unfettered 20-year you know, experience and career in mobile. It's many of us uh, are, some of us are new uh, to this industry. Some of us, you know, like me, have been around for, for a few years. But, you know, you've had just a huge um, career in, in mobile and seen all the different uh, ups and downs. Uh, are we in, a, you know, a good time to be in mobile? Is, is it a good time to, to have this career? Oh, absolutely. And um, uh, I've been uh, through different waves of computing and I uh, just uh, was really look back and so glad that I went into computing as my career getting out of engineering school but um, thinking back uh, and remembering that uh, with each new wave or generation you know whether it be actually mainframes or mini computers or PCs network uh, based computing uh, web computing cloud computing I know that uh, we've all been guilty of each wave saying, hey, this wave changes everything, you know. And in many ways, there were major new um, ways, you could, things you could do that you couldn't do before. But mobile just takes that another uh, order of magnitude higher. Because what mobile does you know, in the generation of um, smartphones and tablets, it really puts the computing in the hand of the user. And so that it's uh, a full uh, access to the web and back-end data, 24-7, uh, uh, for better or for worse, you know, uh, given our personal lives and uh, merging with the business world. So, George, I was going to ask, in terms of uh, what I think is going to be most important to the Appster tribe listening to this, we have an audience that are made up of developers that are at different stages of their careers and know different things. And so what I wanted to focus on is the the client base that is using VisiApps, do you, will you be able to talk to us about any companies or solopreneurs or individuals using VisiApps to build a business so they don't have to get bogged down with the coding, creating native apps? You know, they can sell effectively apps built on your system, sell those as third-party apps to clients that they, they have. Could Perhaps we could focus on that and talk about that. Okay. 
Very good. And so uh, just to clarify uh, one thing, if we, you can see that um, by going to VisiApps.com, you know, that uh, what we provide is the means to graphically design and build uh, uh, hybrid apps that run directly on the iOS and uh, Android platforms, but also give you access to the native device features and uh, uh, no coding access to the back end. What this means for developers is that if you're a developer that's been doing database applications you know, with SQL or with Intuit QuickBase or other uh, you know, platforms of that type over the years, or Salesforce.com objects and so forth, you can now apply that direct skill along with your PowerPoint and Excel uh, type skills to build mobile apps. And what we do is give you the ability to visualize on the screen in a studio type palette, you know, the drag and drop the elements onto the screen that you want. We also have gone a bit further in offering what we call smart pages. Uh, these are a growing set of pre-built data-ready uh, pages that already do uh, mapping or that do uh, tables, that do uh, signature capture, that do camera operations, etc. But already with the hooks built in for the back-end data, whether you're using SQL, uh, Google Drive, um, Salesforce.com, or Intuit QuickBase. And that these give you the ability to um, lay out in a storyboard the pages or screens of your app and then, you know, build those and link them together, you know, in a drag and drop fashion right on your uh, laptop or desktop screen. So, George, let's pick up on this because I need to, I'm trying to understand uh, the level of uh, what we're, we can do as developers and my understanding initially was that it would be a web app, so we access the app through a browser, Chrome or Safari or any other browser, and it would uh, feel like a native app, but it still would be uh, based on the web, and it would be accessed through a browser. Uh, are you saying then that your system uh, would allow us to actually submit that to the Apple App Store and the uh, Android Play Store and have those as native apps? Absolutely. And well, you can submit them to the um, App Store and Google Play as a, as a standalone app, fully branded uh, through, fully through your own developer account. You know, so, and we provide you the binary files for those um, you know, at the, uh, at when your app is ready for that uh, to happen. And then um, we give you a step-by-step -step, uh, methodology on the website in, in the, our VisiApp Studio you know, to help ease and simplify what can otherwise be a daunting task you know, for the first-time app publisher. But uh, also what we do with this is once you've gone through the uh, Apple curation process and now you're in the App Store and you're in Google Play, uh, let's say uh, a week later, you know, six different users say, hey, we'd really like to have one extra button doing X, Y, or Z. Um, you can make those changes directly in, in the studio. And by the way, VisiApps is a full software as a service. You, you don't have to download and install any of our platform. You can access it anywhere, anytime through uh, any of the major browsers. But now you can make your changes and then uh, specify update and that update will immediately get uh, pushed out to your users. You don't have to go back through the uh, App Store or Google Play release process. Now um, what this means is that then uh, you save at least uh, usually five to ten business days you know, that would take that for iOS uh, in those and it gives you a way uh, to be very nimble and agile 
I don't mean to say it's an agile uh, scrum-based uh, development process, but it gives you a way to be nimble in this way, to quickly tune and upgrade the user experience based on user feedback, and uh, do that in a, in a very elegant, uh, easy way. Now, George, George, this is amazing. So this is uh, phenomenally good, I think, because we have a lot of listeners who are uh, working very hard and tirelessly to learn Objective-C and use all of Apple's native tools and go through that very laborious process that we have to go through to uh, submit an app and then do the updates. You know, what you've created here, and you can tell you've had a lot of experience in this industry because this is phenomenally good, is the ability to create apps very quickly, drag and drop, WYSIWYG, all that stuff, and, and actually update the app uh, I'm guessing uh, pr pretty quick, you know, without having to go through the, the update process. Immediately. In fact, um, one thing, uh, the only connection, what we're doing in designing the app for you uh, through the studio is laying out the connections to your backend data. We're never a man in the middle or get in the flow of your data between um, your uh, database or your backend and your users. And um, what we do uh, when a user opens your app, uh, uh, two things happen. Uh, one, there's one ping that comes back to us that uh, does two things. It says, uh, is this a legitimate app and is it uh, currently being paid for on the monthly subscription, And um, which is a very low cost uh, compared to custom coding and um, uh, the various changes and upgrades you do through custom uh, you know, objective seeking. And, um, but it also then... Uh, checks to see if there's a newer version of the app that the uh, developer has created. And if so, it immediately tells the user there's an update to your app and immediately um, upgrades your app without any user inter intervention. So this uh, really makes that a very straightforward process and really speeds the ability to um, update and uh, enhance your apps very quickly. Well, this is amazing, George. This, this must be huge. Um, do, you ha how many, do you know how many users that you have uh, actually submitting apps this way? Well, we have, we've had some 16,000 businesses uh, sign up and using the service. We've had, um, we have hundreds of apps you know, published, and uh, we have you know, uh, dozens more um, monthly you know, coming, to, uh, coming to publishing and growing very rapidly. Our number of um, published apps is growing 100% quarter over quarter. Um, as we go forward, and um, we've we have uh, revenue, you know, from this that's now growing, and um, we're uh, into um, scaling the business. By the way, we've um, we started the company with angel investments from some very key angel investors in the New York and Boston areas, um, with several hundred thousand dollars. But we've been able to be extremely efficient because we had major enterprise customers funding engineering development for us. You know, uh, to the tune of another million and a half dollars that's allowed us to build out to where we are. Uh, what they were doing with us is getting us to where we have a, a full Amazon Web Services-based solution that uses the various uh, uh, DynamoDB, uh, Elastic Beanstalk, the various scalability factors at Amazon. But it also, they funded us, uh, third parties doing stress testing of our solution to millions of app users so that they could be sure that this would be a real enterprise-grade solution, which is where we're at today. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention, you can do um, uh, a whole range of apps um, uh, very easily without coding, you know, using this uh, WYSIWYG and drag-and-drop process. However, 
if you want to add an extra bell or whistle or you need to add maybe a little glue logic that would otherwise require Objective-C coding, we give you a very easy method to um, inject uh, JavaScript or HTML5 into uh, the app flow so that this gives you that dimension as well. And I know that many IT professionals um, uh, most have that skill today and um, that's also among the easiest languages for new users to become familiar with. Well, you know the way I'm thinking about this, George, is have you come across a service called Squarespace? Mm, I have to admit I have not. Yeah, okay. that's a New York-based company. Uh, they've been uh, they, they've had millions and millions and millions of investment from very large uh, VC funds, and um, I think a lot of the apps to tribe listening to this podcast will have come across them because they are advertising all over the podcast land and uh, they have created this for websites and in my mind what you're doing is a Squarespace for apps and uh, making it very easy to create apps to get them uh, up uh, the the initial wait for Apple is I guess two weeks to initially get the the app in there. Uh, have, you, have you had many rejections from Apple? We, like anyone, uh, have, we've had a, a few, a very, very small number. We learned from each of those and we passed that uh, um, insight or knowledge on to um, helping our users navigate through that without uh, rejection. So we've had, we've had none recently uh, for a number of months. Uh, in the earlier days we did because we were all learning and also Apple was changing, you know, evolving their rules uh, uh, as well. You bring up an interesting thing when you mention Squarespace because um, uh, I looked at this when we started uh, our whole vision for the company is the natural evolution uh, back uh, in the days of uh, websites in the, in the 90s. You know, you had to find somebody that knew HTML, which was uh, this new scary thing, and um, you had to know, uh, find somebody that had an expertise. In time, tools came along like Squarespace, like Wix, like Intuit, uh, Homestead, and others, you know, that uh, give you the ability to do your own websites in a very elegant uh, drag-and-drop uh, easy way for the citizen developer, in effect, to do their own websites. Likewise, uh, back, people were doing um, their own coding, uh, in effect, for email campaigns. Uh, Constant Contact, uh, Exact Target, and others came along, you know, to make that a very user-friendly, uh, business-user, doable-type process. And I meant to mention um, our two of our other uh, key uh, management team members. Um, uh, one was the VP of Engineering at Constant Contact for uh, a number of the uh, years at Constant Contact, and my CFO was the CFO at Constant Contact, and they've helped us really shape our software-as-a-service um, you know, uh, scalability and business model and uh, support models in ways that uh, accelerated our learning curve in those ways. Well, this is phenomenally uh, interesting to me because I think that you are now empowering every listener to think about this as a business model. And, uh, you know, because we, we anything that makes, makes life easier is going to be great, you know, easy integration with all these back-end services. And so I see this as potentially the future because... I know that Squarespace has changed my online uh, career, uh, you know, making it just, you don't have to think about upgrading your own server, you know, they've they've taken away all the need to, to worry about uh, doing patches and uh, all this stuff, you know, you can just focus on, uh, well, for me, podcasting, and uh, so, so you know, we can almost forget about all, all, the, all the, all the stuff that goes into building an app and just literally, you know, uh, do the WYSIWYG and get, get the... Um, 
uh, code, the binary, and then submit that, and then do the uh, updates in real time. Phenomenal idea. Two, two, two other comments I'd like to make on that note, uh, Paul. Well, one is that um, our smart pages that I mentioned earlier, um, this is a new set of pre-built uh, pages that you can just uh, drag and drop into the flow of your storyboard for your app. So you think of the developer sitting down to think, okay, what's my app going to do? It's like an author looking at a blank sheet of paper, and what are, you know that first page and first sentence is usually the uh, toughest to get started. This gives you a way to use best practices on different screen designs to tie those together, drag and drop those in. This is great stuff, absolutely great stuff. So uh, the other thing I was going to ask is that you sound extremely competent in what you know and uh, I did look at this about two years ago with a company called Seattle Clouds and they were doing I don't know if it was anything but it was certainly um, you know something that I guess I don't know have you heard of Seattle Clouds? Um, vaguely I must I might mention that uh, you know one of the things that um, there are several dozen startups and early stage companies out there uh, touting different do-it-yourself mobile app capabilities. And um, uh, we tend to view those as um, there's a whole range of coding platforms, you know, like Titanium, Accelerator, and like uh, Antenna Software, uh, Verivo, and people of that nature. Um, uh, and those are, those are, they help, but they're really still for coding engineers or people that know you know, the coding uh, dynamics. Uh, then there's a whole range of um, players out there that do provide means for doing very simple web apps or uh, marketing campaign apps and so forth. You know, you can fill in a template, you can fill in um, a, or be a, a basic row-based app, uh, no real back-end data integration capability, but you can quickly put together uh, a nice-looking uh, app, but it doesn't take you very far. And then... Um, uh, so if you look at the world of uh, mobile, there's um, three different major classes of um, uh, types of apps, and there's certainly uh, everybody has their way of cutting you know, the big pie. But um, certainly there's the, the consumer-facing apps that you have from, um, uh, you know, from the big banks, you know, from um, uh, Bloomingdale's and major department stores, that Macy's, that um, are then you know, branding vehicles and marketing vehicles, you know, to push promotions, you know, pricing uh, the latest um, brochures, in effect, you know, out to their uh, consumers. And we're not trying to replicate those um, because those are well worth those companies spending, you know, a good number of uh, dollars or pounds, you know, to or euros to make those happen. What we're, and then you have the whole range of mobile websites you know, this is basically you know, the responsive websites and so forth. And there's a number of players that started out, you know, uh, saying they were and, and trying to make do-it-yourself mobile app solutions uh, like uh, Visi Apps. Um, however, they quickly learned the difficulty of doing that and uh, pivoted into becoming mobile website uh, platform providers. And there's a range of, uh, there's probably a couple dozen of those players out there now. But what we're doing and the sweet spot that we see for this kind of um, t uh, platform is the business process apps, the uh, workflow apps that you use with your mobile uh, employees, channel partners, supply chain partners. These are the, um, today, in the last 10, 15 years, companies have used uh, database you know, tools, they've used web app uh, tools for desktops and laptops 
to build dozens to hundreds of these types of apps across their company. Um, typically, Intuit QuickBase customers that uh, Intuit introduces us to say that, hey, we've got 600 or 1,200 or 800 QuickBase apps, and we want to convert a number, a good percentage of those over to uh, mobile using Visi apps. And that's where we're focusing this. We're, um, and so that's where you see the ability to do those kinds of app functions getting optimized in our solution. And um, uh, that's where we're getting high traction. We've got, um, we've got a major U.S. hotel chain doing a guest services app. We have uh, one of the world's largest um, uh, real estate uh, office property management companies with an app that their agents use for comparing comparables, um, laying, actually laying out office design, and then engaging with Google Maps and even Google Street View you know, to show properties to uh, customers, uh, capture signatures, and close uh, contracts right on the spot. There's an um, automobile reporting, uh, accident reporting app for insurance agents. You can take photos, um, capture witness audio, signatures of uh, witnesses, you can then immediately email that um, or uh, to up uh, you know, to your insurance agent as well as your uh, lawyer if you're if appropriate. That's amazing. Uh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, George. I'm going to have to ask you like uh, the Seattle clouds. The reason I mention that is that you know when I was looking at that two years ago, and there was another company I can't remember. It was uh, doing. Uh, stuff that was taking your WordPress template and putting it as a native app. Uh, a lot of those apps were very buggy. They got through the Apple review process, surprisingly, but they were very uh, buggy and crashed a lot. And, uh, you know, it was it was obviously a poor experience. Uh, and you're right, it's a very technical, challenging thing to do. Uh, and uh, clearly, you know, I'm guessing that they put a lot of people off of going down this route. Has the technology improved a lot now uh, in terms of reliability? Well, I can't speak for their, uh, you know, their solution or various other players in that context. Um, I do know that our apps routinely go through that process without a problem, and it's been that way for um, all this year and into well, the second half of last year. Before that, we were we were um, tuning and uh, debugging our own processes and knowing, you know, what was uh, the issue uh, in that case. Now, what we do also is. Um, um, very early on, we were um, allowing people, we were envisioning that people would publish their apps through the Visi Apps app, uh, app Store account, developer account. Uh, however, we quickly concluded that that was something that in the long run would probably not be um, uh, you know, desirable from Apple's perspective. And so we uh, now have been providing the binary files for people to do their own uh, app Store publishing. And then people like that uh, better. Ultimately, that's what they would like to do, either publish through the App Store or one of our partners, um, Aperion, AirWatch, Good Technology, Symantec, um, you know, as the um, mo uh, enterprise mobile management uh, solutions for enterprise publishing to your private user base. Uh, you, you don't generally want to have the business process apps publicly in the uh, App Stores but we routinely do both. Yeah, that makes sense because I guess you don't want to be a victim of just one or two apps that get highlighted as a potential, um, you know, guideline breaches on Apple and then having the whole developer account shut down. So, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we're getting towards the end of the uh, interview. I'm just wondering, is there 
any final thoughts you would like to share with regards to what the listeners can be doing right now to be building their own businesses by using your platform as a way of delivering apps to their clients? Well, I'd encourage them to please uh, check out VizyApps, uh, V-I-Z-I-A-P-P-S dot com as a, uh, an option, you know, in doing this because you can see that um, um, you can uh, see how this would work. Uh, you can set up a, uh, an account for free. It's free for 30 days. After that, it's simply $15 a month you know, to maintain a developer account. However, when you publish your first app uh, and from that point forward, as long as you're publishing one or more apps, you know, the, uh, that developer fee goes away. And then the, um, there's simply a, a um, monthly subscription fee of uh, $99 to $149 per month per app um, based on which feature set you're using. And then uh, that's discounted down for uh, business volume users and enterprise users based on the number of apps they're publishing. Uh, the per month per app rate goes down. And um, so I definitely encourage people to look at this because it can get you your app to market. Also, if you're selling your app in the App Store, we don't take any percentage of that. Um, you can share 30% of it with Apple, um, for example, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to uh, and, and smile all the time doing that. Um, and, but it is an excellent, as you pointed out on other podcasts, um, it's an outstanding uh, channel for apps that never existed before. And it used to be so painful to have to go through, you know, the carriers, you know, to get your app uh, pre-installed on devices. Uh, now that whole business model has been turned on its head. And uh, this gives people the ability to make a lot of money on apps. Uh, then the challenge is marketing and um, getting awareness for those apps. Yeah, that sounds very reasonable because, I mean, we are talking that it was only a few years ago that, you know, the minimum price for building an app could be an anywhere like $10,000 plus. And so uh, the ability to, you know, $99 to $149 per month to get an app on the App Store is is actually very good. And especially something that, that you know, mid-sized companies, small companies would probably now look to pay for. Uh, so... This is great. How best can we reach out to you, George? What's the best way of getting in touch with you? Well, the best way would be to uh, check out uh, VizyApps at vizapps.com. Or if uh, users would like to uh, contact me directly, uh, my email is uh, george at vizyapps.com. And, um, you know, given this, um, uh, with uh, all the good things that uh, uh, Paul, yourself, the app guy, um, I would like to make an offer to users uh, hearing the podcast that um, if they make note of that in contacting me, we'd be glad to set up a free um, live web share demo with them or uh, introduction for them of VisiApps if they uh, feel that that's something that would help them get going more quickly. And um, those are the best ways to reach us. Well, that is um, wonderful. So what you're saying, just to confirm that if anyone reaches out to you, um, I'll, I'll put a link on the show notes to your episode, your episode 138, George. So uh, people just go to theappguy.co, uh, then they can follow a, a link and it's going to then, give, you're going to offer a live demo uh, and live web share to go through the Visi apps with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. George, what a, you just keep giving back and I honestly have to commend you for 
just giving the world such a wonderful uh, tool and uh, I think it's a double-edged sword because uh, there could be a lot of app developers listening right now who are uh, worried that you know their their rates of $15,000 per app <laughs> could be going down but at, like any mature market you know it's maturing and things are getting more streamlined uh, and uh, getting easier to, to use and I'm guessing we're going through the same as what we did 10 years ago so just uh, like just like the transition of web sh website uh, platforms as you mentioned earlier and um, I would encourage them to um, there's some apps that require coding and um, they can uh, then but what they can do is offer a range of different app capabilities you know uh, uh, apps that they could put together with busy apps and turn around within a matter of days or a couple of weeks uh, could then turn into uh, a few thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to them perhaps um, to get that done with a client and then they can do many more of those per year than they would um, doing um, a few coded apps for tens of thousands of dollars uh, as they might have done uh, previously. They could still do a few of those coded apps but intersperse a whole range of other apps in between using busy apps and get more money overall. So, George, I've, I'm afraid I think this will keep you busy for another 20 years because I, this could be the, the foundation for a lot of different things. I can imagine, you know, how Visi apps will grow. There could be a lot of integration with uh, prototyping apps or prototyping websites and uh, just, you know, the continuous integration with all these different services. And, uh, you know, you will then potentially be... Uh, what MailChimp is to autoresponders and what Squarespace is to websites, you'll be to mobile. <laughs> Absolutely. And believe me, we have a very robust, um, uh, exciting roadmap, but uh, we really can't disclose uh, much about that except under uh, non-disclosure with uh, customers. But Oh, George, you're, you're teasing us now. We'll have to get you back on. <laughs> yeah, pulling back the kimono. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, uh, you know, I just want to remind people to go to visiapps.com or go to theappguy.co and search for episode 138 where George Adams, you'll find the episode with him and uh, links to uh, the website to uh, his contact details. Thank you so much, George, for coming on the show. You're just so delightful to talk to and all the best. Thank you very much, Paul. I really enjoyed it and um, look forward to uh, talking with you further in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 